Welcome to Water Spout, brought to you by the St. John's River Water Management District. Water Spout offers a behind-the-scenes look at how we conduct our work, the research, the projects, our partnerships, and most important, how we serve the community by balancing the needs of water for the environment, businesses, and the people in the Sunshine State. Welcome to this episode of Water Spout. I'm your host, Tiffany Cowie. Today, I'm joined by Brian Emanuel to talk about exploring recreation on our district lands. And chances are, Brian, most people live near a district land. They live within our district boundaries. That's true. We have a lot of lands. Talk to me about what brought you to where you are today, your passion for science. Um, I grew up in North Alabama, hunting and fishing and catching snakes and critters um, and uh, just fell in love with the, with the outdoors and, and wild places. Uh, camping a lot with my family, uh, and that transitioned into uh, me going to uh, Auburn University, where I received a bachelor's degree in wildlife biology. And uh, shortly thereafter, I moved to Florida to work in North Florida for Tall Timbers Research Station, and I ended up landing here eventually. I love that. How did you start here at the district? I became a land manager in 2000 out of the what was then the West Region. Uh, it was in a property called Sunny Hill was my office in uh, um, Southern Marion County. Uh, and after about six years of that, I, I promoted to become a program manager up here in Palaka, moved up here, and, uh, and then became the bureau chief for the Bureau of Land Resources. So when you first started and you were working on the lands, and even now we have people in those positions, what does a day or a week in the life of that position look like? I would think that's a, a fun job. It is a fun job. We have uh, various positions, so uh, but in the field there are six land management regions with land managers and specialists and technicians. Um, usually, no two days are alike in a given week, uh, and things change rapidly based because a lot of what we do is weather based. Whether we're treating exotics uh, species of plants or applying prescribed fire, which is our priority uh, for our land management practices because it's so weather dependent and it's so important to many of Florida's ecosystems. Uh, but you may have to drop what you're doing and go find a lost hiker or uh, fix a, a broken fence that has cattle behind it. Uh, so it's it's a lot of it's reactionary. So you plan your week out and then you roll with it. I can see that. Uh, tell me a little bit about prescribed fire and what you and the Bureau does to support that here. Uh, well, fire is a natural part of Florida's processes in most of the natural community types, uh, primarily through lightning strikes and uh, indigenous people used to use fire to manage the landscape as well. So uh, many plants and animals have evolved uh, to needing fire, not just being able to deal with it. Uh, they needed to reset their, the natural communities they live in, uh, where they forage, etc. Uh, so we try to mimic that process by a carefully applying uh, fire under a strict prescription uh, authorized by the Florida Forest Service. Uh, and uh, we have staff and equipment, fire trucks and bulldozers on site, and uh, just trying to take care of the property the best we can. And that's the most economical uh, tool that we have to to recreate that natural process. There's other things we can do to try to mimic it with uh, mechanical fuels management and chemical fuels management. But uh, we only use those when fuel loads or proximity to a certain uh, impediments to smoke may be in our way. How does the prescribed fire support recreation? Well, uh, most people that recreate in natural areas such as ours are there to to, uh, 
to enjoy nature in its varied forms. So we have a lot of different community types. And if you don't maintain those community types, they just become overgrown and monocultural or nearly monocultural over time. And then biodiversity changes and, and lowers. So uh, if you're out there to enjoy plants and animals and different community types, uh, you should support fire because they wouldn't be there if it wasn't for that. We talk about community types on our lands. What could visitors to our lands expect to see in terms of the diversity out there? It depends on which property you're on. We have 45 uh, um, lands that, that we are the lead manager on, and some of them are vast marshes. Uh, we have scrub, scrubby flatwoods, music flatwoods, uh, large uh, cypress swamps and bottomland hardwood swamps, uh, cypress domes, uh, you name it, sand pine scrub. Uh, we've got it all. And those type of environments probably attract different wildlife. What can some people expect to see if they come out and spend a good amount of time on our land? Uh, there's a lot of different things you may see. It depends on the community type you're in as, as well as the time of year because so, some things are seasonal. Uh, but we've got black bears, uh, otters, of course, uh, lots of deer and turkeys, game animals of all kinds, wading birds, birds of prey. Uh, alligators, of course, snakes, all sorts of things. Uh, the iconic gopher tortoise uh, is, is a present on many of our uplands. Uh, so depending on what you want to see uh, is where you go and just check those different communities out. The Lake Apopka Wildlife Drive is uh, is a place where you're guaranteed to see an alligator uh, and many, many different species of birds, especially at different, certain times of the year when they're migrating through. It's, it's world-renowned for its bird life. And uh, it's only open certain times and days of the week. So uh, check our website before you head out there. But um, but that's a good place if you like viewing wildlife from the air conditioning of your car. Mm-hmm. It's a short uh, it's a short drive through, but you do get a lot out of it. Yeah, it's about two hours, but uh, it depends on the traffic. It can get jammed up, but uh, give yourself a minimum of two hours because it's one way you can't turn around. What type of guidance are you typically sharing out with people so they can get the most out of a trip? Uh, a lot of the phone calls that we get uh, questioning things, and that's when we would give the uh, talk to people is either emails or, or over the phone. But um, they, they get asked all sorts of questions. Um, we always uh, make sure that they know to bring bug spray and plenty of water, especially this time of year. is brutal out there. Uh, if you're hiking or biking, you know, snacks and water are very important, sunblock and all that. Uh, be very mindful of all the creatures out there because some of them are uh, stinging or biting uh uh, all the animals and plants are protected on our property, so you can't take them with you uh, or harm them or harass them, uh, with the exception of if, if you're on one of our areas that are hunted and you have a permit uh, through the FWCWMA system and you're following the laws and you are allowed to take certain game species on certain properties at certain times of the year. But other than that, they're fully protected. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back after this message. The St. John's River Water Management District is committed to preserving and protecting Florida's water resources for generations to come. From improving water use efficiency and reclaiming water for reuse to managing water resources in times of wet and dry periods, the St. John's River Water Management District is taking action on conserving Florida's precious waters. To learn more, visit sjrwmd.com. Welcome back to Water Spout. I'm your host, Tiffany, and today I'm joined again by Brian Emanuel. Thank you so much again, Brian, for joining us. Welcome. 
Uh, share with me a little about all of the recreational opportunities we offer on district land. Okay, um, on the 45 properties that we have open to the public, uh, which is about 98% of our properties are open to the public for various uh, activities. Uh, our, our base model for rec recreation at the district is a dispersed recreation model, which means you go to one of our 100 and 140 parking areas that have access points, park your vehicle, check out the kiosk. Uh, we have, we're, we're working on going paperless with our map, so you'll be able to uh, hit a QR code with your phone and give you a map. And there's a, usually a map in the kiosk as well. And uh, you can hike, bike, ride your horses on many of the properties uh, from that point. So it's park and then go recreate. Uh, there are a few exceptions. Uh, we have fishing and hunting. Uh, and the hunting is managed through the FWC WMA program. So you have to get a permit from them, uh, which some of them are lottery type permits. And then you have specific hunt dates and seasons that you can recreate if you are fortunate enough to get selected. And those permits are through, it's Florida Fish and Wildlife. Yes, I'm sorry, Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission. We partner with them and they, they manage the hunt brochures and, and the rules and all that, as well as enforcing them with their law enforcement officers. So, so with that, uh, the different hunting areas vary. Some of them are walk-in just like a regular access point and others you actually get a combination and can drive on the property for the duration of your hunt which is different numbers of days depending on the hunt. Uh, and we also have four wildlife drives. I mentioned Lake Apopka before, which has limited days, and we have three others, uh, two of which are open year-round. Uh, you just go online, find out where it's at, self-guided tours, and you, you can drive around to different spots and, and get information off of the, uh, the, your phone, basically, after you log into it. And going online to get that information, I know we've got robust information on the district's website. Yes, we do. Is that where they'd also go to make that reservation? Uh, that's not a reservation. That's just that's just to find out where the property is with the wildlife drive on it, and and uh, tells you how to get there. And then you can then there's different points where you can play the the tour. Uh, they do that at Lake Apopka as well, uh, but that's the one that's restricted to a certain days and times of the week. Okay. And that's at sjrwmd.com. Yes. And the best price in town for being able to go to these lands, what does that look like? The best what? Price in town. Oh, free? It is, <laughs> right? Access <laughs> to all of these lands yeah. for free. So something for everybody and dispersed widely across the district. Is there a land in every county that it, within the district boundaries? We, we don't manage lands as the lead manager in a few of the 18 counties uh, in the northwest part of the state, uh, nor do we have any uh, elite management properties in Osceola County, but the majority of them do have properties. But there are other properties with other agencies in those counties as well. But uh, most people are within a very short drive of one of our properties. Definitely. And one of the top recreational opportunities I hear people going out to our lands for is birding. Talk to me about that and how we support conservation of birds with your bureau? Well, um, birding is a very popular activity uh, in the state of Florida. And uh, as I mentioned before, Lake Apopka Wildlife Drive is a, uh, people come from all over the country uh, to to bird watch there when the wildlife drive is open. A lot of photography going on as well. Uh, birds are an important part of the ecosystem and bird watchers, uh, as do hunters, dump a lot of money into conservation programs in general. 
uh, just by spending the money on the on the accoutrements that they buy to support their hobby. Uh, and it also promotes awareness of what we've got out there, the special places and animals. So uh, garnering support from our constituents is important to us. Um, they're, they're public lands and, and the public has the right to go visit those lands. Uh, so that is one of the activities at Birding that we're talking about that helps us support our mission. Uh, we also uh, like to know what birds are on our property. So uh, there are people that go out and see unique things and let us know so we can add it to our species list and document that that species is on that property. So we gain information from them about our properties uh, on occasion. Your team also helps with bird counting on occasion. We we have some staff that help with the Christmas bird counts on, on some of our properties. And we're uh, also involved with uh, a few birding festivals. Uh, where we help uh, give a little expanded access to those festivals uh, to educate the public on on the wildlife with a focus on birds. You've been at this a while. I imagine, Brian, you've got some stories that would blow our minds. Is there anything maybe related to vegetation that comes to mind that is special to you that you've gotten to experience? Well, well, we do have uh, rare plants on our property, some of them federally listed and others listed by the state or both. Um, one of my favorite uh, is in right down the street from where I live in Clay County, about 15 minutes from my house, uh, is a property. We have several properties with this species called Bartram's Ixia. It's a, it's a native uh, species of lily. It's only found in a handful of counties in Northeast Florida. Um, it is protected and uh, it only blooms after a disturbance, particularly uh, fire, prescribed fire. So we have a few uh, spots on our properties that we know that plant is in abundance. You don't notice it until it's blooming. You'll never find it. And so we know when we burned it and we start looking in about three months after we burned it uh, for those flowers uh, and often let our friends at the Native Plant Society know that it's there so they can hike out and take pictures of it because they like to photograph flowers just like murderers photograph birds. Uh, so uh, we like to let our, our friends at the Native Plant Society and, and other organizations know when those occurrences are happening. Oh, that's special, like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Depends on the person, yeah. I mean, I go see them every time. But uh... <laughs> Is there, as we wrap up, a, a favorite land throughout your time of managing here at the district that stands out as one that's just special to you or that you love for its beauty? There are, I couldn't pick just one. Um uh, Buck Lake is probably my favorite to actually do boots on the ground management with the staff that are, the, that are stationed down in that part of the, the district uh, because of its diversity. It has uh, everything from from scrub, scrubby flatwoods, uh, all the way to beautiful marsh. And, um, and it's got a lake. And uh, we have a population of scrub jays on that property that we're, that we're trying to help out by burning the scrub. Uh, so that property is always fun because... Uh, it's got such a varied mosaic of a landscape for me. Uh, but I also am fond of Hal Scott Preserve uh, down in Orange County uh, for its vast, well-maintained uh, music flatwoods. Uh, and it's got red headed woodpeckers and uh, other interesting creatures on it. So that's another favorite. And I think that's a favorite for a lot of people on that one. But there's a whole bunch of them. It's hard to pick this one. I love it. You're clearly passionate about your job and the district is lucky to have. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time to stop by. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our conversation today. We hope you'll tune in for our next episode of Waterspout. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to subscribe so you have firsthand access to future content. Until next time, use your water wisely.
Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Water Spout. To hear more episodes, find us on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the district on social media or visit sjrwmd.com for more information on today's topic.